Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have an extra special guest. That's right. She's a writer for the Athletic Buffalo and the Athletic WNBA. It's Lindsay Darkangelo. Hey guys. Hi. Hey. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. It was so exciting that you responded to our request because I feel like, you know, we have a lot of comedians on the show oh, and nice. you're our first writer. Yeah, we we need someone with a little more knowledge. Some, some cred. <laughs> I can Just be kidding. funny, too, if you want me to. Yeah, <laughs> that would be some jokes. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, perfect combo. <laughs> no, um, I mean, not that our past guests have been uninformed <laughs> i'm just gonna throw that out there but, but i think especially because we're very new to the wnba and honestly i think a lot of our listeners are are new to the wnba we really were excited that you could come on because we just have so many questions that we'd like to ask you and like hear your thoughts on things yeah so- i'm glad to help uh first let's just uh get into your sports history um, did you ever play basketball? How'd you get into sports? Is this a lifelong thing? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been a tomboy all my life. So I've been, I've been playing sports ever since I was like five years old, soccer, baseball, football, basketball. I, I wanted to play everything. And nice. I, I really was drawn to basketball primarily because I could play it. You know, I wanted to play football, but my parents wouldn't let me because they were afraid I was going to get hurt with all the boys, of course. Right. Um, so I went the basketball soccer route, played all through high school. Um, didn't play in college, but I played uh, in a lot of rec leagues, mostly basketball. And uh, just I've always been a fan of the, of the NBA growing up. And then when the WNBA started, a uh, huge fan uh, of that. Um, Did you have a team, uh, NBA team when you were growing up? Yes, the Phoenix Suns. I was a big Charles Barkley fan. Yeah, he was. I'm from Arizona, so they were they were always my team growing up. Man, in the in that in that heyday, they had when they had Dan Marley and yeah Kevin Johnson. I would have loved to have seen a game live, but um, yeah, I mean Buffalo doesn't have a basketball team, so that's where what I latched onto. For, it's for kind of fun that you can just like pick and choose. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Like, it's so interesting how people become fans of certain teams. Like, I'm a Bills fan because I live here, but I also like like the Kansas City Chiefs and have for years. Oh, wow. That's fun. So what drew you to Barkley in that era of the Suns? I mean, it's that was just anybody who watched basketball in the 90s have, probably has the same answer. It was just amazing amazing talent you know every team was competitive every uh, you know I just can remember studying for exams in like June and watching the NBA playoffs and you know matter who who was involved in it was just being couldn't not being able to wait until like they could come until the games came on and um it just it just became you know part of my routine college basketball in the fall and NBA and NBA playoffs in the in the summer and do you, do you have a WNBA team? I do. <laughs> and you're not going to be surprised, but the Phoenix Mercury. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm a huge fan of Diana Taurasi. I have been since she played at UConn, which uh, is, was another team I watched um, in the 90s and just followed her to, to the Mercury and have loved them ever since. I have to be partial now, though, since I write about 
right the, the league but did yeah. you ever live in Phoenix or no, you just love their sports team? <laughs> I know. Have you, right? have you visited? <laughs> no, Phoenix? I've never been. I've never oh, been. That is so, so funny. funny. No, I know. Because Anastasia yeah. just went to a Mercury game, right? Like, yeah, I just saw the Mercury uh, Mystics game that. Um, when was it? It was pretty recent. Like July something. Yeah, yeah, and the Mercury actually won, which mm-hmm. I was so surprised and excited by. And the crowd was going wild. It was, that was really a, fun. That was a barn burner game. That was like a game where they shoot. Everybody was in like double figures, and they were hitting yeah. everything. Yeah, that was a great game to be at for you. It was so. And my sister surprised me. I went to visit my sister in Phoenix, and she surprised me with these seats that were like. Not courtside, but like mm-hmm. very close. Mm-hmm. I've never sat that close before. I was so excited. Yeah. Um, it was like right behind like the statistics guys. Um, and yeah, it was fun. And Brittany Griner was like really on one that night. And so was Leilani Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was there are five players with, in double figures, which um, in by and when I say that, I mean like 20 points or more. And that, that was like I think that was a WNBA record. Wow. Um, that's yeah. crazy. It was a fun game to be at. Lots of offense. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so how did you get into writing for The Athletic? Um, so I'm, I was a freelance sports writer for years. I used to work at the Buffalo News back here in Buffalo, New York. And um, I left in 2009 to start freelancing and just try something different. I wasn't doing sports writing at the time. And then throughout the years, I just started gravitating towards sports, mostly writing about gay and lesbian athletes. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, one thing led to another. I started making a name for myself after I joined Twitter in 2015. Who knew that would help boost my career? But, <laughs> but it did. And then um, I was freelancing for some major, some major sports uh, media sites like ESPN and mm-hmm. NBC. And then um, the ringer, um, a couple of others. I can't, I'm blanking right now. Cool. And then the athletic was starting in my city and, a, a guy I know named Tim Graham, who's been a longtime sports writer here in Buffalo. And he was with ESPN for a little while. He was joining the athletic and he, I would go on his radio show sometimes. And he told me about it and said, he was going to mention my name. And I said, sure. And they reached out and asked if I'd like to join the staff. And, uh, I said, yes, <laughs> please. Yeah. <laughs> and then my editor, Hannah Witham, uh, who is, lives in New York City, but she edits the, the Buffalo site, mm-hmm. uh, had told me about plans that they were starting a WNBA site in May mm-hmm. and asked me if I wanted to be a part of that in addition to the work I was doing in Buffalo. And I said, yes, I would love to. And so that's how that happened. And then I joined that site. And now those are my, that's my job. That's awesome. It's yeah. so exciting that they started a WNBA site. Yeah. I, I feel like the more media attention can be placed on the WNBA, the more fandom is going to happen. And just like, even for us being new fans, it's actually pretty hard to find, like you really have to work to find info on the WNBA. Yeah. yeah. It's not like the NBA where it's just all Readily there. Available. And yeah. No, you're right. And and the argument ha- has always been, at least for the media sites that uh, even I freelanced for, is that, you know, they, they were waiting for the, that the audience isn't there. That's what they said. You know, they were waiting for the audience to be there in order to then give them the content. And it doesn't 
work that way. Right. Uh, if you give them the content, you build an audience, you build, mm-hmm. um, you, you build a group of people who want to learn more and read more. And then it, totally. it sort of, then it turns into the cycle. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what the athletic decided to do. And we're putting out, our team is great. We have a beat writer in every city that mm-hmm. there's a team. And then there's two national writers, me and another girl named, uh, Tamron Sproul. And so her and I handle the national stuff, which is like more broad, uh, features and things of that. And then you got the writers in every city doing specifically stuff on their teams. So we have so much content. That's great. You could find articles in every single team on, on so many players, get to know the players, get to know the teams, get to know the game. And, um, and then may, that makes people want to watch too. And then you get to know these players. You want to watch them play. You want to watch these teams. And Totally. Yeah. Um, and it is, yeah. a, it is a subscription site, right? It is a subscription site. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the athletic model. And they mm-hmm. believe in producing quality content, not just, you know, these little news blurbs that you right. could, that people put out these days and and these are these are actual features and stories and and angles that mm-hmm. are really being covered elsewhere and totally. I mean, you you guys said you know you read our site i'm, I'm sure you could see the difference yeah yeah um and because it's really have, great yeah well i'm i mean i think so too and i'm not just saying that because i write for the site but <laughs> even, I, even i sign on there sometimes and i look at the stuff that we're putting out i'm like there's so much to read. I mean, you could take a full day just reading all about the WNBA on, and what happened in like one day. Right. So we actually, um, you mentioned Diana Taurasi and UConn and one piece that you wrote for the athletic that we really loved was about the friendship between Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi. Mm-hmm. And that is something like you were mentioning we're getting to know these players and it it's stories like that that really give us this like vested interest and sort of like um narrative yeah narrative to to work with i think that's such a huge part of sports fandom Mm -hmm. is like understanding the narrative knowing the players and getting that drama that sense of drama and caring about it Yeah. yeah It is. It most certainly is. And I think that's what the WNBA is finally realizing. I don't know why it took them so long, but I don't know if you've seen, if you follow the the WNBA on Twitter, but they've been putting out these videos that deal with different, you know, off the court things that players on video answer questions or talk about. Oh, right. or, I mean, they did this thing about different players answering the go back to the kitchen comment or, yeah. or, or reading questions off cards. I mean, it's just, it's letting you get to know the players and get familiar with them because, you know, they're not in as many commercials. They're not, right. you know, on TV constantly. And so, so for us who grew up watching, you know, Michael Jordan and Charles in the McDonald's commercials or, you right. know, it gets, you get to know their personalities and you want to, and you want to just get to learn about more about them even more. So I'm glad the WNBA is finally doing that. Totally. So that being said, what, are, are there any other WNBA player or team stories like throughout the history of the WNBA that you would like to share with us? Yeah, well, stuff, it, like major stuff that we should know and we if, don't. Yeah, if, you're, <laughs> if you're looking for as far as the history of it, I, I also wrote, I don't know if you saw an article I wrote yes. about how when the league started. That's a good one. Yeah. That um, was a great article also. Yeah. It was, I think also because it, it, kind of reminded me like 
this hasn't always been around and this is something that people actually had to really fight to create Mm -hmm. and like you know maybe people kind of take it for granted right now but Mm -hmm. it's it that article was great because it you know and also getting to know the players from the beginning yeah that's the league there are there are a lot of legends who came before who sort of paved the way and that that's a good a good way to learn about them but definitely look up the Houston Comets and their dynasty. There's no team in Houston now, mm-hmm. but um, they, they're probably the best team in WNBA history. They won four championships in a row. They had all-star players. They had a, a, a guard named Cynthia Cooper who, who just is probably, uh, I won't say the best basketball player ever because, you know, I got Diane I can't disrespect my girl, DT. <laughs> but she is one of the top five and um, they were incredible. You know, they really set the tone for the league and as far as what to aim for. So if you're you're looking at the NBA side, you have like the Lakers and the Celtics, right. And the bulls mm-hmm. um, for the WNBA, it, it would be, um, it would be the Houston Comets. Um, Why don't more, they exist? Yeah, what happened to them? Uh, it seems just, they they lose money or they move. Um, I forget. I think Houston moved to Tulsa. But don't quote me on that. I have to look that up. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I talked to Cheryl Swoops for that article about the beginnings of the WNBA, and she's she's one of the WNBA legends that I'm referring to, and she played for Houston. She said she would love to see a, a team back in Houston uh, because the fan base was there. Yeah, I, I know. So it wasn't that there was a lack of fans um, in that area, but. You know, teams, there were more teams in the league when it when it first started in those first three years and then in the early 2000s, but now they're back to 12, which mm. um, I think for right now, for where they're at, they think is they just want to focus on building this brand with those 12. But, totally. Yeah. Um, so one, one thing that we find very interesting about the WNBA is like, um, you know, there's players that are like, dating each other married to each other or exes <laughs> with each other and i like i love I, that must be such an interesting dynamic when you're on the court um and we don't really get that with the nba because even though i suspect there probably are players that secretly date each other <laughs> and don't come out about it um you know they don't they're not public about it because there's mm-hmm. a lot of homophobia there yes. um but the wnba seems like a way more open place with that um so we just wanted to know like because we just recently found out that Brittany Griner's ex-wife is also a player on the yeah. wings. I yeah, think. Glory Johnson. She yeah, plays yeah. For the wings. yeah. I think their first few games that they started playing, they played against each other after everything went down. Because I don't know if you know the story behind it, but not was, really. Please tell us. There was some drama. Um, there was not good. There was some some physical abuse allegations against. Griner. Oh no. Um, I think it was it was. Both of them were, in, you know, involved in physical altercations um, with each in a physical altercation with each other. But it was it was not a pretty thing. It was about mm-hmm. what are we in twenty nineteen? I think that was about three or four years ago. You can look it up. There's plenty of there's plenty of mainstream media certainly latched onto that one. Let me really? tell you, I'm sure. Of course they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. they like to highlight all the ugly stuff and not cover the regular good old, right. you know, everyday happenings. But anyway. They have since they they were married and they since divorced. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're not friends at all. Um, mm. And so watching them the first season back after that happened, you could you could see the the tension. I guess there was they're totally. probably used to it now because it's been removed. But yeah, that's uh, it was an ugly ugly scene. Yeah, for sure. And, 
The other side of that is um, Vandersloot and Allie Quigley, who mm-hmm. are on the same team and are so cute together. And they like, are. you see them that. like giggling and making fun of each other. And I also, like, when we found that out, we were like, it must be so fun to travel around with your wife yeah. and play basketball together. I mean, that's, right. I just, it just sounds so fun. Because it seems like such a hard thing on, like, being a player seems like such a hard part of, um, you know, component of being in a relationship with somebody because you're on the road constantly. So mm-hmm. if you take away that part and you get to have all the good parts of it and your wife is also there, so you, you know, aren't lonely and straining that relationship with distance. Yeah. I'm sure there's there are the challenges involved in that. Oh, for because sure, it's like yeah. you're working together, right? There's, so yeah. there's really never any break. So I know that in many different interviews, they've said that they, what they try to do is to separate the two um, basketball is basketball, uh, relationship is relationship. So I think when they're on the court, they try to act more like teammates more than anything else, which I'm sure is, um, you know, it's just being, being professional. Totally. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I know what it's like to be married and, you know, it's not flowers and bunnies all the time. So right. I, I can't imagine it is like that all the time, but I'm sure they, they do a good job of balancing, you know, that. And and then you look at the flip side at Dewana Bonner, who plays for the Mercury, and Candace Dupree, who plays for Indiana. In, Are uh, they married? They're married. And oh. They have, they have twins. Wow. <laughs> yes. They have cool. twins. How so do I, they do that I while traveling? No, I don't know. And I know. I, I think teams. they have a lot of... Um, they have, must have parental help oh, yeah, sure. or something yeah. because I can't imagine that's easy to do. And it's, it's probably... It's difficult, I'm sure, yeah. um, to, to be on separate teams. So that's, that has a whole other dynamic. Right, because they can't even live in one city yeah. together. That's yeah, crazy. I, think, I do think they reside in Phoenix, and then Candace jumps up to Indiana for the season. And it's only the summer months, but still. Right. Yeah, yeah I, don't, maybe she, I don't know. I don't know how that works, to be honest. <laughs> are, are there any other current or former couples that we should be aware of? Well, um Diane Taurasi is married to... Um, we just uh, learned about the assistant coach, Penny Yes, Penny. Ta- Penny um, oh, my God. I'm, I'm totally blanking on her name. But it's it's also interesting that she's a coach. I mean, they used to play together, though, right? Yes. I mean, Penny Taylor. They, yeah. They, they played on uh, Phoenix together. And then um, uh, they kept their, their relationship because uh, they dated when she was a player, but... Mm-hmm. They kept the relationship very well kept. Oh, I'm kind of impressed that didn't get out. But yeah, they're married now and they have a son named Leo. And cute. Um, yeah, so it's 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 funny because you have the WNBA and the and the National Women's Hockey League and, and soccer where women's soccer where people date each other on the same teams or different teams or they're married. Mm-hmm. Um, even crossing that is Megan Rapino and Sue Bird. You know, right. love it's that. just love it that am- couple. It amazes me how much of a difference there is with acceptance and of gay women mm-hmm. athletes than yeah. there is of men. It's sad to me. It, it is. is. Yeah, uh, yeah, we talk about it a lot in the show, which is just like it's sad that anybody has to like you know hide who they are because they know what the what the public response is going to be to them. You, even like in this day and age, right? I was just, just gonna say that, like in this day and age, I mean, should there still be that feeling of no one's gonna accept me? Like, really? I just, uh, 
I think it's more the masculinity totally involved in men's sports that that's the deterrent more than anything. And if you look at the statistics as far as the percentage of gay people in the country and then apply that to the sports world, mm-hmm. there are gay players. There oh, are gay yeah. Players. That's what I say. Baseball they, they players. They must be there. Yeah. Yes. There are gay football players. Oh, they're there. I've talked to former foot NFL players. Um, yeah. They're there. They're yeah. there. But you can't really blame them for, you know, not wanting to no, deal with that. No, you can't. Yeah. And you can't force someone to come out either. Right. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. What, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying is it's sad just the level, the difference in the level of acceptance. Like Definitely. Right, people don't even blink an eye anymore. When I mean, just um, Madison Packer, who's a, who plays for the New York Riveters, she just got married to another hockey player. They shared their photo. The NWHL shared their photo on, on the Twitter account. And mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And it's just nobody bets an eye anymore. And, yeah, that's great. It's, it's just, kind of beautiful, actually, how almost it seemed like immediately, but I mean, maybe you can um, comment on that. The uh, LGBTQ plus community embraced the WNBA. Like it almost was like um, they were just waiting for a safe place to enjoy sports almost or, you know, like it's, it's like almost became a community thing. Um, and that's really great. I just wish it could be across the board where it's like every sport, it feels safe, you know? Mm -hmm. And even like, um, was it Jason Collins that came out while he was playing, mm-hmm. but then like almost immediately retired? Well, he, I wouldn't say he was really playing. I mean, he was in his last year, uh, pretty much. I don't, it, it was at the, like he did, what did he have to lose? I guess, you know, right. yeah. I, at that point. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to take a, that away from what he did because it took a lot of courage, of course, to do that. But I want to see an athlete in his prime who doesn't yeah. give totally, uh, you know, two, whatever's you could say say whatever you You know i'm trying to say (laughs) i don't want to do that because then i'm going to go on the espn and i'm going to drop an f-bomb and i'm going to be like uh so i don't want to get in the habit of that um we do say fuck here though okay (laughs) just for the record (laughs) we have the little explicit on our podcast nice well done yeah but you know what i'm saying i just want some guy to come out and just be like this is who i am and just be like, proud yeah. and like right. open and let just me like go, a young kid. Let me yeah. be the run, be a running back, like uh, and be as good as I can be, and like that, you know, just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that we'll we'll see that. It feels like we're soon. yeah. It feels like we're very far away from that. Um, and we, we ta- shouldn't be. Yeah, we we talked about it on the show when um, all that Dwight Howard stuff was coming out, and just like the public response to that was like the, horrifying. Just, the gross twitter comments i mean mostly it was online yeah, stuff. instagram you know? and twitter like just all the posts and all the comments and all the jokes about it and it's like the butt of every joke was like haha he's gay and it's like that well like that's just like why why is that your go-to you know like i mean the situation was way more com- complicated than that but i think like a lot of those fans took it like that as the main takeaway and mm-hmm. it's it's sad it makes yeah. me sad yeah, as much evolution as has happened, and again, I don't, you know, there are there are reasons why it's, you know, women are more accepted. I just, uh, you know, I just wish it wasn't, it wasn't narrowed down to that, you know. Um, right. Totally. So. Yeah, we we've always said like, as soon as you can be openly gay in 
men's sports will feel like everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny that we're talking about this because when I was in Yellowstone, I was waiting for my wife to, um, you know, get herself together so we could go on our hike. And I was talking to this gentleman who had just written up on a motorcycle. He was an older guy about in his sixties and his wife had gone to the bathroom. And so we're Chen and, um, he's, he's like, Oh, so who are you here with? And I, you know, I have no qualms about saying it now. Yeah. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. I said, you know, my wife's mm-hmm. over there with our daughter and we're getting ready to go hike to this waterfall. Mm-hmm. He's, and he paused for a minute and he said, I'm just so happy for you people. And I, I was kind of like, um, okay. And he's, he's like, you finally, you know, you finally could just live your lives. And I get what he was saying. You know, he wasn't saying it to like, right. but, but there's still this us and them kind right. of thing, you know, like you people, you know. And right, right, right. Like, I'm just like, you know, I said to him, I was like, we're, we're no different than any other family. Like right. we are so boring. Yeah. You know, we take our kid to school. We, we put her to bed. We watch Netflix and go to bed before 10 o'clock like it's <laughs> right you know it's just it's not any different so. yeah and, and that's, that's my just, two cents <laughs> <laughs> i love that because it is this thing that you know you experience and for anyone who's in like a, a marginalized group where someone in their brain they're trying to be nice but it it still feels alienating what they're saying. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like they just don't quite get there. Yeah. Um, like the intention is good, but they're missing all the subtleties. Yeah. Like there, yeah. Was, there was nothing negative coming off of him. Like you could see he was generally meant it, but that's, and it could be of the era he grew up in, you know, right. but, um, you know, it's just funny that it just still, it still takes, takes me a minute when I hear stuff like that. Totally. Because I think I'm just this normal person living this everyday life and <laughs> right. then stuff like that happens where I'm like, okay. Right. Someone okay. reminds yeah. you. Somebody or like, re- someone reminds me, yeah. 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 Right. And it's also like for us, you know, we're in LA, so there's all like very diverse populations. You meet all kinds of people all the time, but then if you go out in the middle of nowhere, you know. Well, even when I go back home to Arizona, you know, obviously Arizona has issues. I think right. everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. And like it's still surprising yeah it's surprising because we're just like we don't think about it here it's like we're the 21st century people let's move forward right yeah um yeah we we went off on a tangent there (laughs) sorry Sorry no that's fine this show is about tangents like you give us some more like history there that i'm gonna dig into (laughs) because i love it yeah i think we like the the wmba i mean i we love the nba but that being said, the WNBA has definitely felt like this cool community that we're getting to peek into. And and it feels so much more supportive. It feels so much more like even the fact that the opposing teams like slap hands after games and stuff like they don't do that in the NBA. No. I mean, if you know another player, you might do that, mm-hmm. but like not the whole team, the whole right. team doesn't do it. It just yeah. feels like nice. I don't know. I don't really know the word for it, but right. well, um, there's, a, there's a lot of respect, I think. And people know, I think the people who write about the WNBA and watch it and invest in it know how hard these women work, right? And right. what they're trying to do to just keep the league going and pave the way for the upcoming players. And, 
you know, there's a lot of respect in that. And, yeah. you know, it's a shorter season. Uh, there's a lot more at stake with each game. So um, it's, I tend to think the WNBA's regular season is way more competitive than the NBA regular season. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's, you know, there's things to appreciate about, about both leagues. And I think if you're a basketball fan in, in general who just loves basketball, mm-hmm. you should love both leagues. Yeah, yeah. Know? I agree. There's no reason not to. And uh, so, the amount of like skill that you watch with the WNBA is so impressive. And like, I think that's whenever someone's like, well, they don't dunk, so I'm not going to watch them. And it's like, <laughs> that's all you like about basketball. Right. That yeah. seems that's just one part of it. Next and time, next time someone says that to you, tell them to watch or either watch or look up the average amount of ducks that happen in each game because it's a minute part of an entire game. Yeah. Very okay. little. Very and little. And I thought you were going to say, tell them to look up some dunk comp- compilation <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> of like yeah. Brittany, Brittany Griner yeah. or whoever else. Yeah. It's, um, as, far as, as far as the fundamentals and what makes a good basketball player, right. dunking is the least of it. You know? Definitely. You, you know, so... I mean, it's fun. We love a flashy dunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't? Like I said, there's stuff to appreciate about both things. You know, totally. I don't watch the WNBA because I want to see someone dunk. I don't, I don't even watch the NBA because I want to see someone dunk. But right. I'm always amazed when it happens. Of course. Yeah. Of course, it defies gravity. But yeah. there are plenty of things that happen during the course of a WNBA game that make me go, oh, damn. You know what I mean? Like, same yeah. thing. Yeah, we have had some of the like we've watched so many exciting WNBA games. And actually, I'm I'm more I'm always like a fan of a point guard more than a center. So I I really love like flashy ball handling and passing and stuff like that. Like when that happens, that's what kind of like knocks me off my feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are there like major rivalries that we should be aware of as major far as teams rivalries. go? Yeah. Like well, long running. I mean, part of the thing I love about this season in particular is how competitive and wide open it is. So it's almost like every game is like, you know, people clawing at each other. For a long time, it's been the Lynx, the Minnesota Lynx and the Los Angeles Sparks because mm-hmm. for the past few five, uh, since probably since 2011, since the Lynx first WMA championship, they have just gone at it. And, um, but that seems, to not be as um, as much of a rivalry this season again, because just because of the the competitiveness there. Are, if I look at at the teams in the league, I can't pick out two where I'm like, oh, you know, these guys they're going at it again. Because yeah. it's all season long, it's just been right. it's been it's been every team. Um, I think the 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 Dallas Wings and um, the Aces have been fun to watch because that's. It was Liz Cambage's former team. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix Mercury, because of Brittany Griner, and everyone tries to beat her up. Um, yeah. Yeah, we know. just watched that game where the big got, fight, the, the big fight yeah. happened. Everyone got ejected. With the wings, yeah. Um, yeah. She, uh, she, gets, she gets beaten up a lot. Um, but I like watching her and, and Liz Cambage go at it. They have a, this mutual respect because they're both huge, mm-hmm. like tall players, and they have sort of this – they get, they get, they play, but they don't like take cheap shots with each other. It's kind of cool to watch. They were so cute together during the All Star game. Yeah, uh, yeah, you saw, you saw some of that friendship, right? Yeah, I agree. With they that. were very, yeah. they were very aggressive in how they played the game, but mm-hmm. very um, 
kind of sweet and playful with each other, which was mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. Wait, is, it's Liz Cambage or is it mm. Cambage? Cambage. Okay. We've been, we've been wondering this. <laughs> we need to pronounce it correctly. I'm, I'm like, a, she's my favorite player. Um, yeah, she's awesome. I'm obsessed she's with awesome her. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as rivalry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, the last good rivalry, with, you know, between the Sparks and the Lynx was, has kind of petered out. And this season is just like every team is like fending for itself pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So ta- let's stay on this season. Like, is there anything that you think has been like, the most exciting thing so far? The most exciting thing so far. A great game, a great player, or like any anything that's happened really? Um, as far as players go, I think Jonquil Jones for the Connecticut Sun has been amazing this year. She's not in the top five at points. She's, I think she's averaging like 14 or 15 a game, but she's also leading in rebounds. Um, and, and blocks. Uh, she's definitely an MVP candidate. If you look at the top teams right now, and these are my top teams in no particular order because they keep switching on me and it's, <laughs> it's frustrating. But you got the Washington Mystics, the Connecticut Sun, uh, the Las Vegas Aces, and I'll add in the Sparks. Woohoo! <laughs> and the Chicago Sky in there. So those are probably like my top five teams right now um, cool. who have a shot at, at winning it all. Mystics are out there in front. So are the Sun and so are the Aces. Those would be my top three. But okay. if you look at each team, they each have somebody who's, um, you know, in leading in either points or rebounds or um, blocks or whatever, um, statistics-wise. Uh, and then you have probably, I mean, I would say most people's uh, pick for MVP this year is Elena Deladon. Mm-hmm. Um and they have unfinished business. That's kind of the cool thing with the Mystics, right? They were in the finals last year and they lost to the Storm, uh, Seattle Storm. So they want to go and they want to win the championship this year. And somebody actually recently asked me if they make it to the finals and don't win, is it, um, is it a failure of an, the entire season? And I think for them it would be. Mm. I, I think if they make it back, they intend to win it. And if they don't, I think they will look at it as a failure. Um, yeah, they seem like they are like hustling to to like, I mean, they they have a great team. And, you know, Elena Deladon is maybe is she older? Is she's not this isn't the end of her career. By oh, means, no, no. She's, she, she came in the same class as Brittany Griner in 2013. Okay. So she's she, there's she, there's she's average. She's like a middle middle aged player. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say <laughs> Um, we always talk about players being like old, but then they're like 28 or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah not in like real people. Yeah. Years. They're all yeah. younger than us. Yeah. No, as far as basketball miles, I'd say, I mean, she's, she's 29, so she's, she's getting up there. Yeah. For sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're on a nine and one, uh, nine, they're nine and one in their last 10 games. And they're just, what I worry about with them is without her, they're, different team right um so if she gets hurt or anything it's uh or is having an off night uh, they seem to have trouble winning without her so yeah and she's already had so many injury issues this year so hopefully nothing else happens yeah no and i think if she stays healthy you know they they could they could pull it out do you have any playoff predictions you'd like to make now or are you you just feeling those teams 
Um, I think those five I mentioned are definitely making the playoffs. And the yeah. last the last three in will be the Storm, the Lynx, and the Mercury. If they can hang on, you know, we've got about eight games left. Um, if the Fever go on some kind of <laughs> some kind of winning streak, right? Um, and the the Mercury go on a losing streak, they can knock themselves right out. But I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna squeak in there. They're gonna be my eighth team. And um, do you think Diana Taurasi will come back for the playoffs? Because she has dropped little hints here and there, um, and I think she did practice one practice recently. Yeah, knowing Diana. And I, I can say that because I've interviewed her a handful of times now. Um, <laughs> your friends. friends. We're not friends <laughs> as much as I would love to be. But she I, seems but so cool. I, she mean, I, think is you could, cool. I think you could technically call her a friend if <laughs> you've interviewed she's, her several times. She's somebody who is just so real in interviews and raw. Like she's there's nothing fake about her, which I love. And she mm-hmm. she answers every single question um, with so much honesty. So yeah, knowing what I know about her, of course she wants to come back. And she's probably just just grinding grinding her teeth trying to get trying to find a day when she can get back. But she tried to come back earlier in the season and retweaked her back. And it's one of those things where it's not an injury that's you know, you could easily re-injure it. Um, right. And she told me at the beginning of the season she wanted to come back. She was trying to be good, take her time and and really rehab it right, but I think if the Mercury get in the playoffs or even down the stretch here, I could see her coming back. Um, I don't know that she'll make that much of a difference, though, to be honest. I don't really if, if she's not 100 percent. Right. You know, and I, I know she she can she can get a lot more out of her players when she's on the floor. She's and definitely an emotional leader. Yes. Like, totally. They really respond to her even yeah. with her being on the, on yeah. the bench. Yeah. But if she can't contribute. Uh, like she normally would be able to as far as points and, and things like that go. I'm not sure it would make that much a difference. I, Phoenix is, um, I don't think this is their year. I think if they do make their play, the playoffs, they're probably going to get it knocked out uh, in the first or second round. Right. Um, just because, I don't know, at the beginning of the year, there was something going on with them, and I don't know if it was because DT wasn't on the floor, but they just had very little effort. Um, their rebounding has been atrocious this year, which is kind of hard hard to fathom when you got Brittany Griner right, and right. Dewana Bonner, who's also super tall on the same team on the floor at the same time. Um, so yeah, I just uh, they're just I think with DT's injury threw them off, and they just haven't really gotten it together since. So, so I know a lot of players have multiple jobs. Either they play overseas or like. Chineo Gumake is does like um, commentary and uh, statistics stuff for the NBA. And isn't Sue Bird an assistant coach in the NBA, or she works? She in the front works office? in the front office for the Nuggets. So how? I mean, obviously, there's a pay issue there. Um, do you have any thoughts on like how the WNBA can improve that? I mean, obviously, just pay them more, but. <laughs> Uh, what else needs to happen? That th- these are questions that 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 we've all been asking for years now, and and I think the league is finally maybe starting to address. Not when I say we, I mean players, fans, writers, um, the whole lot. And what the players want is a higher share of the revenue 
right now their share of revenue is very small. You could look it up. I'm not, I can't off the top of my head remember what it is, but, but I think want- I remember seeing this. It was something like I don't I don't remember either, but when you compare the NBA percentage yes. that goes towards player salaries, yes. it's the percentage is huger, like yes. way huger than the WNBA. Yeah. And that's what that's what when they say equal pay, that's kind of what they mean. You know, they just want an equal maybe even not as high as what the guys are getting, but something higher than they have so they can get more uh, revenue share. But the WNBA is very tight lipped on its financials. They won't say they're losing money. They won't say they're making money. Like it's nobody knows what's going on. Only they can really can, can really know. But if you want all these players who got who sat out this year from injuries, and I'm talking like all these stars, like handful of stars, like Angel McCoctry, like Diana Taurasi, like Brianna Stewart, like Sue Bird, I can go on. This league has it's like it's hurting, literally. Yeah. Um, and it's because these players play all year round. They don't get a break. You know, NBA players can rehab from the teams that don't make the playoffs can rehab from May till October. Yeah. You know, just taking time off and, and, and really resting their bodies. And then you have WNBA players who, as soon as they come home, sometimes the WNBA starts before they even get home from their European right. teams. Mm-hmm. And then they jump right in and they go. And then as soon as it's over, if those teams that don't make the playoffs, maybe a couple weeks before they have to go back over in order to make a living. Right. Uh, thankfully, like you said, you have some other some players who are doing work that doesn't, you know, that's as analysts or, you know, some are getting into other business ventures and things like that to help uh, supplement their income. Uh, But those are a small percentage of the players. Right. So that needs to change. I think the WNBA realizes that needs to change. You got to pay your stars. You got to protect your stars and your stars are what draws in uh, fans and the, the audience and the attention. So the the players will be negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement this fall. And I'm hoping that, and I'm not just hoping, I'm pretty sure that pay is going to be one of those things. That's great. Yeah. Um, are they're unionized, right? Yeah. There's a players association. Okay. Yeah. And it, it does seem like just anecdotally, it seems like fandom is kind of up right now. Uh, just because basketball is so in the like ethos that people are jumping onto the WNBA. Um, but is there anything else that you think the WNBA or like we or anyone can do to like increase fandom? Well, I'm not a marketing person, but uh-huh. at the beginning of the season, I said there was more that could, could be done. But the WNBA has surprised me this year and they are starting to do some things. Before the start of the season, to be honest with you, as somebody who's been covering this league for a while, there has been more hype and more media attention paid to this season than any in my recent memory. And so there was definitely a buzz going in that I mm. noticed was different. Do you I'm think not, it was because of Dunktown? Yeah, do I'm you think we did that? <laughs> I think it was because of your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I'm not really sure why that was or or what the lead-in was. I think more people were... Twitter was... WNBA Twitter was was more active. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We noticed that because people kept posting, which was super helpful for us, but NBA Twitter was kind of going like, we're seeing more um, 
movement. So here's other people you should follow. Yeah. Uh, which was great. Cause then we were like, Oh great. We're getting more and more information that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was, it was awesome. And then, you know, and it coincided with the launch of the athletics, new WNBA page. And then you had other sites doing more st- preseason stuff leading up to the start of the league. And it was drumming up this interest that I was like, okay, I, I had the feeling the season was going to be different and it has been, I mean, TV ratings have been up. Viewership has been up. I can't speak for attendance because I don't have those numbers over last year to this year right now. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was up. You have they the WNBA put out, you know, commercial more more innovative, creative commercials. They've right. like I say, they've been doing social media stuff with the players, doing more more video with that. Um, Plus, just- they have uh, women players in. Uh, NBA 2K20 coming oh, yeah. out this year. There's, That's exciting. There's that. And then you had the whole new look all-star game this year where the right. where Deladon and Asia Wilson drafted their players live on television, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Um, the all-star game was great. It was in was such the draft, a draft. Was that the first time they did the they draft on TV? It was the first TV? time they did the draft on TV. Yeah. Oh, so okay. they're doing all these new things, which are no brainers, you would think. Right. You know? Um, and so I think they're on the right track. And if they could see that this is paying off. Uh, I also wrote an article about their partnership with Twitter back mm-hmm. uh, in May, if you want to check that out too. But that has also been a boon because it's a low cost. It, well, actually, it's a no cost way. They don't, right. they don't pay anything for it. Um, there's like a mutual beneficial agreement. And it's, that was, it's a no cost slash low cost way to... Uh, draw people in who are just surfing Twitter and then you have see a game and you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll check this out. I mean, that has drawn attention too and drawn fans. People can now check check out a game on Twitter without even, you know, having to right. do much but scroll. We've, so, uh, I mean, don't tell our bosses, but while we were at work, we've done that where yeah. <laughs> you're just like checking Twitter for the game because it's honestly the easiest way to find it. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. at work or something. So leveraging social media has been another great way, another inventive way for the league to, to try to attract more fans. So it's happening. I, I think it just, it took, it felt like people were just screaming at them for years and they're right. finally starting to pay attention. And then, I don't know. I don't know what the switch is. Maybe it's just that they're starting to see, you know, a change and that more people are, or there is an audience right. for women's basketball. I think coming off the, the college, the, the hype of the uh, women's college basketball, the great, you know, final four that was last year. And then the same, it was just as awesome this year that also carried over to the start of the league. So I think this is a great time to be involved in women's basketball. You know, overall. All right. Should we wrap up? Sure. Um, One last question. Is there any tough aspect about your job that you're like, I wish I didn't have to deal with this? And is there what what part of your job? What parts of your job do you love? Uh, It's so funny you ask me that because I was thinking this morning as I'm prepping for uh, a biweekly con that I do for the athletic WNBA um, on Mondays. Just like a, a wrap around the the WNBA, should talk about different uh, the different teams and where they're at and my rankings and players of the week stuff like that. And I was prepping for that, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what I did 
you know, in my life for God to have disposed this or some higher power, I don't know, to have bestowed this on me. But I get to write about Buffalo sports in the in my hometown that I grew up in it watching and the WNBA with players that I admire and grew up watching. I I'm extremely lucky. How did I how did this happen? That's amazing. Um, yeah. It is it is so cool. I mean maybe with the internet how you can stay in Buffalo. You don't have to move to New York City or, you know, Chicago or wherever to be a sports writer. Yeah, yeah. And even, I mean, I gave you guys the shorter version, but if you ever want to hear the long version of how I stumbled into this career, I can, you know, tell you that. Um, (laughs) Because it was kind of a windy road. Um, But yeah, I was just, I'm just very lucky. I'm very blessed to to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I know lots of people who hate their jobs and, I um, love mine, so it's uh, it's it's something I'm I'm very I don't I don't take for granted. Um, as far as what I don't like about it, I would only, uh, the only thing I would say is having to deal with with the guys, and I hate to say guys, but it's mostly guys who just dog on WNBA players or the WNBA or get in the kitchen kind of guys. Yeah, who say that who say that dumb stuff or who who question my knowledge because i'm a female right that's the kind of stuff that that the the guys that think that they can take the players on -on one-on-one yeah (laughs) even though they're like couch potatoes yeah (laughs) and i i haven't had to deal with as many trolls as some of my some of my some of the people i know in this profession and i'm and connected with and you know i i have i don't know could because i have a lower profile or i'm just what it is what it is but um yeah i just that part of the job is you know makes it that's annoying the annoying yeah, part totally yeah. do you find covering i mean i i personally think it's really cool that you cover the nfl too and like do you f- encounter more of that with the nfl than you do with the wnba no okay that's interesting <laughs> no, not at all no and it's it's, um, I'm, I'm not, I don't do game breakdown or player breakdown because we have beat writers already doing that. I do kind of the human interest stuff. So I do more like Q and A's with former players or, or just human interest stories about former players or current players. Um, but the most recent one I wrote for our site was on, uh, an NFL scout who's a, who's a woman and she got hired. She's only 22 and she got oh, hired wow. uh, by the bills to intern as a NFL scout. And she's hoping to make a career out of it. And her story is excellent. And it's a great story. So those are the things that, that I do as far as the bills are concerned. And so all the guys, all the fans, they love reading my Q and A's because they're about the former, pl- there's nothing to gripe about. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get that, like the one guy who comments and is like, why don't you ask about this? You know, it's just right. like, it's just like, you know, I have so many questions all the time. <laughs> right. yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it, here. It's not even like the guys who are saying, go back to the kitchen, even read the articles. Right. It's not, not about that. It's you say something and then they just, they got to get their comments in and, and then feel good. Those about reply guys. <laughs> yeah. It's not even yeah. like a critique of, of the work. Right. Um, so uh, they just think they're so important that they need to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, maybe like a specific article or anything at all? Um, no, just check out the WNBA on the, on the athletic site. If you don't have a subscription, you can always sign up for a free trial just to see if you like it. There's so much good content. 
I, I think I put out good stuff and our writers definitely, definitely always put out good stuff, but, um, we've been loving it. Yeah. yeah it's, great. It's, it's, it's great to be a part of. And you know, I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the season, see what happens in the playoffs. Also, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Dark Angel, that's D-A-R-C-A-N-G-E-L 21 at Dark Great. Angel 21. Yep. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we were glad we found you uh, because it's at WNBA Twitter has been so much more informative. Yeah, <laughs> we were really you know, just like like thirsty for some like content we because because it was kind of overwhelming for us coming into this league and you know we really wanted to understand but like what Anastasia was saying there wasn't a ton of um information out there that felt like it was really easily accessible so um that's very cool that you are a contributor to that and uh we just we're so happy that you came on the show yeah thank you, thank so, you much. so much thanks for having me it was a lot of fun and anytime you guys want to have me back i might be happy to do it maybe we could do like you know a playoff version or something oh definitely sure, yeah. that would be awesome sounds great um maybe during the finals because yeah 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 that'll okay. be cool cool all right. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Dunktown Podcast um, and on Instagram as well. Um, I'm on Twitter as Echo underscore Mint and I'm on Instagram as a God of Monica. Anastasia is Anastasia Vigo on both. Um, thank you to Andrew Clotworthy for our beautiful theme song. Thank you to Andrea Tomingus for our design work. Um, check out our merch store. It's dunk.town slash store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, uh, stickers. Um, thanks, thanks for listening. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.